0: Episode seven coming next, and we are doing some serious work here on accountability in the second episode of a three-part series within season two here so that we can really get clear on accountability. It is so vital for this time that we've been in this pandemic, these multiple crises, for us to get really clear on what accountability means to us, what it means to our communities, and what it's going to mean going forward to hold people accountable in a productive and vital way. So, Will, I'm going to kick it over to you. I know that you have got a lot of introspection here to get us inspired and motivated for the episode ahead. What you got for the pep talk?
1: Not everything faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. You might recognize that as a James Baldwin quote. It's one of his most famous. I found myself reading a lot of James Baldwin to bring me closer to understanding cultural moments that we're all going through. And I think this quote is grounding to me. I need to be more present in moments. I need to be more conscious and intentional when facing certain things if I intend to change them
0: and welcome to the men up podcast i am christian shabu drew chin will van dyke lamar Wumble. thank you so much for joining us this week and every week as we dig into culture current events and our own events and as we redefine manhood and masculinity so that we however you identify can all thrive All right, y'all, we like to start every episode off with a segment we call the starting lineup. This is when we ask a question at random from a whole bunch of questions that we have generated over season two here so that we get to know each other a little bit better, so that you get to know us a little bit better, and so that we are grounded for the game ahead. So, Will, what is our question today?
1: It's where uh, do you go to escape? Now, we're all readily engaged in public discourse, personal achievements, a lot of that stuff, but everyone deserves an escape. Uh, Where do we go uh, when we need that time to ourselves, be it 10 minutes, be it an hour, whatever it is, where do we go? Off the cuff, without warning, Shabu, I'm going to you. So
0: I actually go... In my city here in New Haven, what I like to do is I like to put my phone, keep it at home, and then go out and walk around the city, right? And usually go on like a two-hour type of trip, right? And that allows me to escape. I don't go in any stores. don't really talk to anybody unless I run into somebody on the street that I know. Uh, But it's really just about getting out, walking around, uh, and putting technology aside. I feel like that's the thing I feel like I need to escape most from during this pandemic time, but just in general.
2: Mine is very 2020, 2021 answer. I go to a nearby Greenway that also has some trails in the woods because changing space and getting outside is necessary. And so on those trails, I'm often running. And it is the escape I need. And I need like 10 minutes minimum, and I'm good.
1: All right, Lamar, how about you?
3: I think the thing I'd probably do was like, go out like go out with my friends and just hang out like we just went to brunch yesterday and, and did that whole thing um so i think that's something i do um maybe when the weather's nice get out and play frisbee as well do some ultimate frisbee um it's always fun and like freeing and nice
1: awesome all right uh bring us home um i guess there's two ways one now is i like to go outside and just like be in my yard uh, we've got, you know, a, 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 decent sized backyard with woods and, and, and just trees and be with the dogs, letting them run around and just sort of mindlessly, you know, puttering around outside, I would say is, is a good escape for me. And that's like the short term, the longer term is, uh, going for walks, hikes, uh, here around town, uh, in Ithaca, I, you know, trying to do, you know. Put in the miles, that sort of thing, um, is a good escape. And the last one, which is a little bit longer, is like I've been making a lot of trips solo in the car, just sort of letting you know podcast play, mind drift, whatever. Not the car, just the mind.
3: You're not goes riding the whip. Oh,
1: okay, <laughs> that's right. No, no,
0: I don't live on the edge like that. Before we get into other parts of our episode today, have you all listened to? Uh, the Bruce Springsteen, Barack Obama, Renegades podcast at all. I think y'all should check it out. I would tell anybody and everybody to check it out. If they put together ingredients for a podcast, mixed it up and said, Christian Shabu, here's a podcast for you. It's literally that one. Uh, however, there is an episode where they talk about uh, the open road and and they talk about how like that phenomena of like, as a as an escape, as a as a thing to find yourself, is a very like American idea and ideal. So just brought that up, Will, because you you mentioned that, and I started to connect to that as well. Also, connecting to the frisbee thing, when we do our first community bonding experience as a team, frisbee has to be in the mix.
3: Metal podcast Olympics, frisbee, basketball, like you just, you name it, we're we're playing it. Soccer. Horse, exactly. Twenty-one. Whatever y'all want to do. Garden
1: puttering. That can be an event.
3: Putt putt golfing. Literally. Putt putt, golfing.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'll I'll grow you some tomatoes. That's for sure. I will. I will do that.
3: I
2: will eat those tomatoes. That would be my contribution.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's the event: eating tomatoes. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, I make a nice sun gold tomato. They are. They are like candy, man. I'll tell you.
0: It is game time, y'all. So if you were with us last episode, you know that for the next couple of episodes, we are focusing on the idea of accountability. Specifically, what are we learning? What have we learned during this time, this pandemic, multiple crises happening? What have we learned about accountability? So Drew, I want to pass it over to you to really get us into the second part of our conversation here.
2: Yeah, for this part, we're, we're narrowing in a little bit more about like what do you do to hold others accountable and specifically With this being the men up podcast, it's like, what do you do to hold other men accountable and, but also just other leaders. And so I want to kick us off here and and share a quote. Surprise, surprise where the resource comes from. It's Dr. Brene Brown, but the quote I found was blame has an inverse relationship with accountability. Accountability by definition is a vulnerable process. Blaming is one of the reasons we miss our opportunity for empathy. So I want to ask you all just, you know, what about that quote resonates, particularly as we think about holding others accountable? Are we playing the blame game or are we holding them accountable or Does they look different?
3: Yeah, I feel like, you know, throughout the last episode and as you even intro this one, you know, I I I don't accountability doesn't resonate with me and um. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, It doesn't resonate with me in terms of like uh, getting in trouble or uh, you know doing the doing the right thing like it sounds like you know in a lot of ways we might prop up accountability as like you know paying the price for what you did that was wrong and like I have no connection to that at all Um, and I don't know why but it just feels like even when you said it just now just kind of like like I don't like having that conversation around accountability because it just doesn't, it doesn't really resonate with me. Um, and I also think going back to what literally what Brene Brown said is like, are we, are we helping, really helping somebody work through what it means? Or are we blaming them? And essentially that's where we are now in cancel culture, where it's just like, you mess up once you're done. Is that
0: true though? Right. Like if you mess up once, you can't come back from it. Right. Cause I think that that's actually very specific depending on who you are. I think about, you know, in the last, like, I'll say just even over the last 10 years, right. Like there are some examples of whether it's famous people comedians leaders or whatever who have made some really terrible decisions they have been publicly um held accountable have gone you know in hiding call it for a little bit and have been able to come back right and and i'll say that it's a lot of white men right and that's so true. so i think that that's an important dynamic for us to identify
2: here
3: uh you're right when you're but when it's in the moment like when you're kind of like watching it happen to somebody it does feel like Oh, like, this is like, they're not coming back from this. So maybe I'm I'm more so projecting, like, they're not going to make it back from this.
0: Got it. Got it. So it feels like in the moment, it's like, oh, this person is, is really being held accountable. There's no way they're ever coming back. And then several years, they come back. Not everybody, but some folks.
1: I'm so glad this is where we started this conversation too, because I think some of what we were getting into in the previous episode was about personal accountability. And how do we define that for ourselves? When it gets applied to the public sphere, though, a lot of times, we're not – not everybody is uh, evaluating it on the same level. Like, we're not – we're on different page. We're on different books. Like, some people aren't even writing a book. They're just drawing a picture in crayon for accountability. And some people have written Tolstoy. And and that's my second Tolstoy reference in this podcast series. (laughs) Let's just – Let's just leave that as what it is, but we're not all starting from the same point. And so how is it that we're going to level up society from an accountability perspective if we are not all starting from the same evaluation point on what accountability means? Because that, that is, to Lamar's point, like if, and this isn't a criticism necessarily, but if he's not counting accountability in the public sphere for like a, you know, a, a, a not a punishment, but, but, you know, sort of like if he doesn't evaluate it or equate it to a punishment and I do how even between the four of us are we going to, you know, define it in a way that makes sense in the public sphere. I, I'm, I'm now, this is, I'm just so glad that we started it in this, in this context because it is what's happening in the, in the public sphere too of like, yeah, where do where do we go if we don't all agree on on the on just the the premise itself of accountability? I know that didn't answer the original question either by Brene Brown, which but but some of it does, I guess, because like, are we doing ourselves a disservice by the blame game type of thing?
2: I I'll say this: I don't think it needs to go back to blame versus accountability. I think what I'm seeing is as a society, as a as a people and especially with technology advancements, it's moved beyond blame to putting out accountability. As we were all talking, I just thought of a most recent example that I've been enraged about. And it's the women's March Madness weight room and gift bags compared to the men's if you all saw it on social media, ESPN put it out. But basically if you don't know, March Madness biggest college basketball tournament of the year, like look forward to this um, for both men and women. A couple of women basketball players shared, here's what our weight room looks like, which was literally one rack of weights, and then moved their camera just, you know, 45 degrees to the right, and you saw the men's room fall. And what has been so interesting is just seeing how many people get on board on social media being like, uh, NCAA, you got to do better. Like, that is unacceptable. And I just share that because social media and technology has changed the game of how we can hear voices and amplify. Right. You have Steph Curry being like, what is this? Do better. Right. You have other women athletes versus like now getting to this NCAA committee. And I, I guess what I'm saying by all this too, is like, what are you going to do to correct? And what are you going to do ensure you don't go back to that because it is now an archived history of that moment. NCAA. So we're holding you up too, and holding you accountable. But like, what do you do when you put it in the public sphere to keep them accountable? We'll see. We got to understand, like,
0: what is it that we're holding in this example, the NCAA accountable to, right? And who are and who are they accountable to, right? Because we would think or I would think that they are being held accountable to their student athletes, right? And doing right by their student athletes. But the leaders might not feel that. In fact, they might feel that their primary accountability is to you know, folks that are big spenders are to you know media companies or to folks like that, right? So I think like that that puts into practice what Will is talking about, where there's a, a disconnect between why aren't people why aren't people holding themselves accountable, right? Or why aren't organizations holding themselves accountable? Why does it take public outrage in order for accountability to happen?
1: What about then? I mean, in in like a small. Uh, say a small workplace environment right and, I'm not, and this isn't necessarily a personal uh, you know experience but it's like where where and how do you start the conversation of accountability is it in a one-to-one personal moment is it in a team environment is it a you know like where does that go and and what's the tone that kind of kicks it off because some of it, isn't the degree to which it's the NCAA or to the Cuomo degree. It's like, Hey man, when are we going to admit that this is no longer the right strategy or the right process, or we got to reevaluate this, that, or the other thing, or maybe it's a personal relationship too, where, you know, just like, are we going to talk about how, you know, screwed up this current situation is or whatever? Like, how does that, what's the best path forward for just broaching the subject of accountability. One of the things that, that I've seen
0: within organizations that I've worked for and currently working for teams I've been a part of is that there's one level of understanding values, right? What are the values we're going to be operating from, right? But that leads to that second piece, which I think a lot of times uh, we don't spend nearly as much time on, which is like, what does it look like to operationalize these values? Not just say, hey, we, we value equity. That's great what does it actually look like in practice, whether it's a day to day, whether it's quarter to quarter, whatever it is, what does it look like in practice? Because then accountability becomes a lot more specific, right? If we know these are the things that we're actually saying the, the value is in practice, well, then there's the final step of identifying as a team, how will we hold each other accountable when we are out of integrity, right? Like, is it to your point? Well, is it that, you know, managers or or folks have one-on-one conversations? Is it that there needs to be some sort of public recognition from the leaders of the team, right? Whatever it is, like, I think that those are the three parts that are necessary, understanding the values, understanding the values in action, and then being clear on what are
2: steps and strategies for when we are out of integrity. To create accountability, because I think, especially if it involves others, you need this culture of accountability. It's like, what the heck does that look like? And what does it look like to set it up? What does it look like to your point? Should we like operationalize it? And what does it look like when it's done well or you even need to reset? And I guess my answer for that is, it is getting everyone together, getting like a clear understanding of like, what is the common vision, right? And then like, how do we practice that? And then when we fall short, what's that going to look and sound like? For example, if I fell short and I made a mistake, part of my accountability I want is for you all to call me out on it. But then also knowing you'll do the same when you fall short. Or you also give me the space to like, say like, I messed up and I'll make amends. Like that's not talked about. We just throw on accountability, like this label that you put on and like, you're not accountable. And it's like, But people back to your point well people don't know what it is because it looks different for everyone and it's and that's where I think it gets into like kind of the blame game you can just blame by like you're not being accountable like no 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 like I don't even know what you meant to begin with and that's the miss I think for leaders and I think that's the miss when whenever it's a dynamic of bringing multiple people together
3: taking it a a step further in terms of uh personal not necessarily in a small work environment but like just inside of our friend groups and like the people that we spend our time with in, in general like i think accountability looks like
1: c- calling out your
3: buddies you know calling out your friends and calling out people that are like saying the wrong thing in the show notes i talk about uh the the tqm which is uh or excuse me the cqm uh the the check quick method right where it's just like I, in my experience is like when you check somebody one time about something that hurt you harmed you made you hurt your feelings that that person will now know and they will think twice before they say that thing to you again or come at you with that because they know that it's not something that jives well with you and so you know having a little bit of courage to kind of like step up and say that to that person but knowing that like hey if you check somebody one time they're going to learn from that moment and they're going to be accountable to now what they say going
1: forward that was going to be my next question too is like basic i mean it, it's a it's a it's a follow-on to my other question which was like the the most effective way to do it right and and you know what's the calculation on effectiveness right Lamar you're sort of saying like you know call them out in the in in this sort of environment or or whatnot but um you know what if there's i mean it was posed i think in a in a in a previous iteration of some of the notes, but like what if the person is just so defensive that it won't, it it just like, it just me, it just leads to higher and thicker walls to the, to that level of accountability too.
3: First, you have to open the door by just being vulnerable and admitting where you messed up or where you have messed up in the past to be like, Hey, I'm not saying that I'm perfect. Because I think people are going to get defensive if you're a blaming them and then b trying to act like you're holier than thou, like you've never messed up and like you've never done anything that is either closely linked to what they did that hurt hurt you or uh, or something like that. And so being vulnerable and admitting when you've been wrong and haven't done it and like literally going as deep as you possibly can about why that hurt you right, or why that was wrong or why it felt wrong and, and not make it surface. Because when you go there, then it really forces someone to think on a deeper level about, wow, like well, what can I do to change my behavior, my words, that maybe what I believe, you know what I mean? And I'm, there's no guarantee that it, it'll work. But like in my experience, it's like when you go there and you're super vulnerable and you go deep, that it puts somebody in the position where they have to do the same. And they'll look at themselves, go deep. And instead of getting defensive, Because I mean, even you, when you're explaining it, you could come to tears. Like that's how deep I'm talking about going. If you're going deep enough to be vulnerable with that person. So um, where it brings down the defenses and opens up the, the
0: heart. How much of this is having a shared understanding of like basic humanity and decency? Because I think about what it looks like to hold leaders accountable, right? So the two that we've identified just in our conversation here today would be Governor Andrew Cuomo, the other would be the President of the NCAA. And on one level, they might make the argument. I'm not saying that they are making the argument, but they they could make the argument that, like, well, I am being held accountable because I'm making sure that my organization, the NCAA, has enough money or is being profitable. Or Governor Cuomo could say, you know, I'm making sure I'm accountable because I'm getting stuff done in New York. Again, I'm not making these arguments for them or saying I believe them, but those arguments could be made. And I think what folks respond to or what the outrage and outcry has been about is in relation to like basic human decency and honoring humanity. So like how much of it is that? Like us being clear as a country, as as men, as, you know, however you want to identify it, like what human decency and humanity is.
3: You know, people talk about PC culture, right? And, and you know, some of the things that, as you look at Cuomo and the things that he did, like, first of all, like completely ridiculous. Um, and, and I would agree, like, you know, there's a, is he gonna step down? Is he not? Should he have to, like, I don't know, but like the behavior is not acceptable, right? And so I think when people talk about PC culture, they're like, well, 20 years ago, like it just wouldn't have been a big deal. And it's just like, well, yeah. Like, but we also had a lower standard of living twenty years ago. Like I just feel like when I look when I think about PC culture, I think about just we're we're being asked as a culture to step into a greater version of ourselves. And some people are prepared to do that, and a lot of people aren't. Um, and to have that human decency not be covered up by power and money and capitalism because that's what's traditionally happened is that like, if you can establish yourself as somebody with influence and money or power, that you can get away with not being a decent human being because like those things trump it, right? Um, so yeah, I'm 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 not now we are seeing that like no, we are not only holding you accountable for what you're responsible for in your work, but now we're also holding you accountable for being a better person. And to me, I don't really understand where people are like going so crazy about this. Like, why is this? Why is this so? Why is this such a bad thing? Like, I d- really don't get it. Like, we're just asking to be a
1: better human. Like, what is wrong with that? We've made so many concessions about public leaders and about just sort of like people who get things done over society uh, for so long that it's become so normal that this feels like a, you know, in in, in technology terms, a lot of times we call it threat. There's this term called thrash where like a user's you know normal like comfortable with getting some sort of reaction when they do something on a piece of tech but if that reaction that they're used to gets turned off or is altered in some way there's thrash where people are like whoa wait a second this isn't how it's supposed to be i think i think that's a little bit of what's happening too is that like there has been such a normalization of like pseudo and sometimes very overt, shady individuals who just are being judged on accomplishments and rather than moral, moral standing, all those other metrics that we should be, you know, gauging our, our our leadership on, our public figures on and those sort of things that it seems like it's going through in a more aggressive point, but, but it's like a normal, like we, we should normalize accountability here too in the public sphere like this should be where we get to is to your point lamar like you know why why is this why is this such a big deal <laughs> like that we're that we're holding these people personally also about their personal decisions accountable as well like that that should be the case
0: y'all know that the men up podcast is all about the level up and so is our sponsor chip and a bottle i sat down with daryl nurse master chocolatier and founder to get a taste of the flavors that take chip in a bottle to the next level in chocolates. We make so many different
4: profiles that I really say it depends on your taste and what you're looking for. Uh, Some of our best sellers, and one of my favorites is a strawberry sumac. It's a white chocolate ganache with a milk chocolate shell. And that is made with fresh strawberries as we make the ganache. Uh, That one I love with a rosé. So I'm like a wine, I'm not a connoisseur but I love wine so I usually try to pair everything with it. Um, Some of the other ones that are really great, cookie butter is a milk chocolate ganache coconut for the dark chocolate lovers that one is a very popular one and my probably all-time favorite is the Caramelia croquant, which is a sea salt caramel that we make as well as the small dark chocolate croquants, which are little shortbread cookies that are inside of it and then we had two other chocolates um a black currant with black pepper and that was a dark chocolate and then we also did the salted caramel with herb blend and that one very, very
0: earthy. So, you know, it really depends on your poor friends. Visit chipinabottle.com to get any of the dozens of unique flavors shipped to you or your loved ones. Chip in a Bottle is the new taste in chocolate and is the official sponsor of season two of the Men Up podcast.
1: I want to throw one other thing, which I think is a little similarly akin to this. And I forget who exactly said this so i'm not going to be able to attribute the quote correctly maybe but in the probably renee brown i I promise you i promise you it wasn't but it i'm gonna i'm gonna say yeah um that's right (laughs) oh weird drew chin wrote this quote that i'm gonna (laughs) um uh so it could be i guess no i'm so so there's this there's this idea in the um in the comedy world where the joke is funny because there is a shared truth to the punchline and if we're not agreeing on the shared truth though comedy descends into nothingness also because you're you're there is no shared truth to the punchline it's like, it's the punching up scenario too where it's like we are all collectively agreeing that the people up you know in, in society are punchable if you will in comedy sense Comedy sense, not physical altercations. They're not promoting that, but there is a there is a shared truth to to some of this, and and I think some of it is not translating to other spaces like accountability, where there is not a shared truth that Donald Trump and and Andrew Cuomo are should be equally held accountable for their personal fa- failings, and th- those shared truths. And, and again, I'm making this more political than it needs to be, but, but you could, you could attribute this to two comparable public figures also, but like th- that shared truth is sort of eroded at the moment. So there's nothing that we, there's no standing for us to have the debate on almost because we're like, well, we're standing on two different platforms with two different truths.
3: As we look at the history of our country and <clears throat> think about politics and race and athletics and you know, sports and all the things that are just happening now, um, the bottom line is that like typically the progressive mindset usually wins out in the future. You know what I mean? And so for anybody who's lagging behind on this, like the bottom line is you are just going to be on the wrong side of history. You just are. And so it's either like get on board or you're going to get left at some point. Like, and that's just what it is. You know what I mean? Like you, you will, your view of way of thinking will just like, it will get phased out eventually. You know what I mean? And this is not a bad thing because those are the types of people that are actually holding us back. You know what I mean? And like trying to move forward to like we're not talking about little you know m- 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 trivial things that don't matter. We're talking about what is or what isn't sexual assault. Like we're talking about uh, what is uh, you know legal or not legal with how you spend money on uh, on campaigns to to maintain your like we're talking about major major things in society that actually matter. And these things need to be addressed and talked about and criticized and picked apart so we can move forward and be better.
0: So as we bring this conversation, at least to an end for this episode, you know, we typically like to offer up in the outlet pass, whether it is articles or different tools uh, that have helped us to level up for this conversation or just in general in our life during this moment, I'd love to, you know, just sort of audible here a little bit and I'd love for each one of us, if we have it, to offer you know, one, whether it's strategy or, or tactic or, or something we can offer folks related to how we hold other people accountable. And the other people could be, whether it's the family members in our lives, right? It could be the members of our community locally. It could be leaders. It could be politicians. It could be famous people, whoever it is. But like, what is one strategy we can offer to, to holding folks accountable? And, and, you know, as, as you all think about it, I'll, I'll kick us off here. You know, over the, over the last several years, as, as I've been, you know, on, on a journey here to better understand my own privilege, understand, you know, my own masculinity, my own whiteness, all of those things in their intersection, you know, I think in my own mind, one of the things I did, one of the nice little tricks I played for myself was when I thought about white men that were the problem, I thought, oh, they're all out there, right? I don't, I don't know any people like that. I, I, they're not my best friend. They're not close to me, which is, which is true. Like I, I don't have a lot of folks in my life that show up like the, the folks that are often um, shown in the media as being the really problematic white men. Right. And that was a really easy way to escape any kind of conversation about whiteness, about masculinity um, with myself, with other people. And so one of the things I, I'd offer up to folks is that in the last several months, one of the things I've offered to folks in my community uh, who are identifying as white, who some identify as men, some identify as women, some identify as neither, uh, is having one-on-one conversations about, you know, what is our privilege as, as white people and having those conversations and allowing them to sort of go where they need to go, uh, but having them be action-oriented. And, and I think that that's been a really powerful shift and practice for me in understanding that I don't have to know the worst people in society in order to make great change, right? That there is so much change that each and every one of us, particularly as white people, particularly as people that say that they are allies as well and whatever sort of uh, plight for progress uh, are here for.
2: I think mine, and to kind of build off that, cause what I heard you say, Chabu, there's a power in listening. So my process is ask, listen, clarify, repeat, ask, listen, clarify, repeat, uh, especially when it's like holding others accountable in something I'm involved with like you make it more of a collaboration and a partnership rather than just top-down direction and saying here's how it goes Um, I we talked about this last episode but accountability comes from being a part of it with some others and not just even self so if you can to what will started this episode of if you can make sure you're on the same page and everything you do going forward is always going back to that same page then you should be okay but it always requires the asking, the listening, the clarifying and it, and repeating it.
1: While everything in, in life deserves accountability, every decision, every interaction, those sort of things deserve accountability. It, it exists on a spectrum to a certain extent too, and it deserves prioritization to a certain extent where things can be acknowledged and addressed and uh, discussed, but it, because it's on that spectrum too, it, it, Each, each thing carries its own weight and that weight might change. It doesn't mean, you know, Lamar mentioned cancel culture before. It doesn't mean that person's particular segment ends, but there's just a, a spectrum and a prioritization of how each thing gets addressed, but they all deserve to be addressed in, in their own ways too. So, um, you know that 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 I I try to carry now because sometimes things would just fall off the spectrum. If again to the point that I was making earlier about concessions, right? We just sort of toss some things away if they didn't maybe enter the the the, the high enough priority and those sort of things. So making sure that that nothing does fall off, but it is sort of prioritized in a way.
3: I think my parting shot is is very simple. Always look inward first. How can you? have changed what you said, what you did, what you believe, um, and the actions preceding that in order to be um, more accountable uh, for yourself and others.
0: And that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you're leaving with a level up and that you'll continue to join us for the rest of season two. Please subscribe, review, and spread the good word so that we can all redefine and thrive. We appreciate y'all. The Men Up Podcast is a Grinnin Bear production. The soundtrack is courtesy of Mike McGinley Music and visual artwork by Viotti Design Studio. Video clips from each episode are edited by Joe Oliveri. The executive producer and editor on The Men Up Podcast is me, Christian Shabu. You can listen to us every week on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts
1: or by visiting themenup.com.